want you to do me a favor and stand to your feet if you're not standing for the reading of the word. Are you ready for the word of God this morning? It has been a minute since I've been in the pulpit, and I'm grateful, and I never take for granted my opportunity to preach, even though I get a lot of opportunities to preach at church, but I never take them for granted. If you were here last week, wasn't Elder Franklin amazing? Amen. Will you give God a hand praise for him? He's not here today, but man... Frank, I said, Lord, he's like, Pastor, did you see it? This was Thursday. I said, I'm going to watch it Friday. I promise you I'm going to watch it Friday. Man, I wish I would have watched it Sunday with live, powerful, young brother. I want you to get to 2 Kings chapter 4. When you got it, shout, I got it. If you need a second, say, hold on a second. 2 Kings is not one of those easy books to find because there is a 1 Kings. So if you got a number one before the king, go to you see a number two in front of king. And when you get it, stand to your feet all over the building. I, I want to, I think the last time you heard me, we talked about miracles and we talked about the way that God operates and moves and he's still in miraculous phase of his journey. Now, all of us move in journeys, but God is in a miraculous phase of his journey. He is always operating in the miraculous, and the miraculous to God is his normal. Supernatural to God is not supernatural. Supernatural to God is just natural because that's who God is. Do you still believe that today? And that God is not just operating in the supernatural just for the sake of somebody else, but he wants to operate in the supernatural for your sake as well. If you believe that, shout amen that when you decide that you are going to walk in spiritual things, that you're going to be a faith walker, being a faith walker necessitates that you make up in your mind within yourself that you are going to allow what you otherwise would not have allowed to take place in your life. That by that, I mean you're going to release God to be God. And if by chance God being God in your life means that miracles happen in your life, then so be it. So we are people that walk by faith and not by, we walk by faith and not by, and it takes faith. It takes faith to do things that you know you're not capable of pulling off. It takes faith to live a life that you know you're not capable of living. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the crazy thing about the way that life works is life never gives you what God has promised you. Life never gives you what, life never provides what God promises you, which means that in order for you or for me to walk in the promises of God, it takes, remember we talked about this two weeks ago, I'm trying to catch you up. It takes agreement with God for our promise. It takes an agreement with God for our promise. You have to come into agreement with what God promised you and not just dance and shout about it, but, but, but hold it and say it's mine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Am I talking to you this morning? All right. So I want to talk to you. I want to talk to some of us that are, that are holding on to what God promised us, but we're looking at what's in our hand and saying, this ain't enough. This ain't it. This, this, how is he going to make that out of this? Am I preaching? <laughs> y'all, y'all looking at me like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. How's he going to make that out of this? Let's talk. Second uh, Kings chapter, chapter uh, four. The first verse, 
and we're going to read through verse 7. Now I'll let you sit down and we'll talk a little bit. It says this, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elijah saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant loved and feared the Lord. And, it, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. He's saved with death. He's going to heaven, but he's, he got creditors. He died with no insurance. Okay, that's something else. And now, according to the ancient way that they did their life, they could come and have your sons work off the debt that, that you owed. So she goes to the prophet and she says, they're coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. You then pour it into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So when she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son bring me another vessel and he said to her there's not another vessel so the oil ceased <laughs> then she came and told the man of God and said and he said go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons should I want you to grab three people, look at them in their face like you know them, and just ask them the question, what can be done with a jar of oil? What can be done with, I say find three people. What can be done with a jar of oil? And I want you to just subtext this to one other person and just say it's in your house. Hmm. <laughs> So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless you, I praise you, I honor you, God. I, I'm grateful for this opportunity to mount and adorn this pulpit once again. I do not take it lightly. So I ask that you would increase your anointing and increase your power and increase your wisdom and increase your transformational ability and that you would decrease Terrell and all the things that he was hoping would happen this day. Let your will be done in this moment, in this hour. And... Send an anointing that we might receive the word of God. And it, it might transform our hearts that our lives would never be the same when we leave this place, but we will leave empowered and full of hope, for we are the city of hope. And in this, Lord, I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Just smile at somebody. Tell them it's okay. It's church. It's church. It's church. It's just church. I want you to smile at church. Amen. Amen. I spent the last couple of times when we were together uh, really trying to uh, push on the, the statements of faith. And it is critical that we understand that we are people of faith because the, the body of Christ must be careful not to so consistently walk in logic that it forgets that it is an assembly of faith. And faith is just the idea. I heard one person say faith is stepping out on nothing and knowing that you'll land on something. It's not deep. Faith is not deep. Faith is believing a promise that has been given to you and doing your life in such a way that that promise is real, even before that promise comes to pass. 
So the Hebrew writer said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is substance. Even though you can't see faith, it is substantive. He said it's the substance of a thing that is hoped for and it, and it also is evidence of what you can't see. What does that mean? That means that for some reason, the thing that you don't have puts such a stamp on your heart that it feels like evidence to what you can't see. Is there anybody that's got faith for something in here? That's faith for something. Now, faith is not just a wishful thinking. It's not just a belief, a wishful belief. Faith is a knowing. Faith is an understanding that this thing is so real to me, I can taste it. It's so real to me, I can put my hands on it. The only reason why I can't put my hands on it is because it's not here yet. Somebody shout, Yet. So faith is an integral part of the journey of the believer. And for the last few times you've seen me mount this pulpit, I've been pushing on your faith, not just to barely make it, but I've been pushing on your faith that you should be an, an abundant overcomer, that you should be a victorious winner, that you, should be, that you should have more than enough in your life. So I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted with just having enough when I serve a God that has it all your life you're supposed to operate at high levels of your ability not at the lower levels of of our ability and this is this requires faith it requires remembering what God told us about our lives but not just remembering but actively participating in getting to where God has challenged us to go and this is the idea of faith and when it comes to God without that kind of faith you cannot please him. He said, you cannot please me without that kind of faith. So now I, I wanted to spend some time today and I want to talk about this widowed woman who lost her husband. She loses her husband. And, uh, and, and I, want to, I want to read a quick quote to you from uh, Dr. Dean uh, S uh, Simonton and from the University of California. He says this. He says, curiosity is about more than keeping an open mind. Curious people are seekers of new experiences that stretch you. Now, one of five personality traits that are common to characteristic, to common to mankind, is openness. It is the most consistent predictor of creativity. Somebody shout creativity. Say, shout creativity. Creativity is God's ability to, uh, what God has put in us as an ability to embrace new things and new concepts and new ideas. Everybody in here is creative to some degree or fashion. You might not be creative with art and paint, but you could be creative with words or creative with ideas and creative with thoughts. Perhaps you're creative with numbers. Maybe you're creative with food. Maybe you're creative with parenting. Everybody in here has an ability to embrace new concepts to make something better than what it was when you got it. And what has to be done is we have to be careful stifling ourselves with the stuff that happens in life to the degree that we lose our creativity. Creativity is connected to, uh, to curiosity, and curiosity is simply a strong desire to know or to learn something. But curiosity, as the doctor said, is not just centered around keeping an open mind. Curiosity is about seeking, chasing, thirsting after new experiences. I don't know about you, but don't you think it's time that you have a new experience in life? Don't you think it's time for you to have a new experience when you come to church? 
Don't you think it's time for you to have a new experience in your prayer life, in your walk with God, in your job, in your personal self? It's important that you have new experiences because God is all about curious people. When God wants to do something in your life, he cannot do it when you're stuck and stifled in what was told to you. You must be curious about what you have not experienced yet. Curiosity is scary. Curiosity makes fear rise up. Curiosity makes your hands clammy. Curiosity makes you question whether God is in this or not. But when you're curious, you'll step in the rooms that you don't know what's in there. You'll walk into conversations uncertain that your voice is going to be heard. But the only way that God takes you to the next level is he takes, you, he takes people that are curious about what they don't know. He shifts them to the next level. There are too many of us that are happy being the big dog in the lowest level that we're living in instead of being a small dog in the next level that we should be in. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? When it comes to God, whenever God gets ready to shift you from one place to the next place, he oftentimes requires us to walk in faith and faith requires a, a, a thirsting for what might be. The children of Israel decided that they would not operate in this space of opening their hearts and their minds to what is new when God told them to go across to the other side to the Canaan land. They came back and they began to fuss at Moses explaining to Moses that Canaan land is not a place that we can conquer. Where we are is good. Where we are is, is, is satisfactory. Where we are is where we want to be. The problem is, is that being where you are doesn't satisfy what God promised you and it takes curiosity to say I'm willing to leave what is comfortable and move into what is uncomfortable because I'm curious to see what God's going to do in my life if you're not curious to see what God can do in your life you will have from God for what you already have and this is why church gets stale and this is why worship gets stale and this is why your time with God gets stale because you have been fixated not on what you don't know but you are fixated on what you do know can I talk to you all the people that know stuff so, where are my knowers at where are my knowers at where are my knowers at just wave your hand if you know stuff you smart you got it all you got it figured out you already know what the answer is God can't use people that know God can't use people that know too much. God will not use a person that is, that, that, see, one of the number one addictions in this world is our addiction to knowing that we're right. So instead of crack cocaine and instead of using drugs or overextending alcohol, you're an addict for rightness. And, be, and when we know, we, we miss the opportunity for God to show us the things that, that we should be curious about in this life. The challenge with, with being a, a person who walks with God, the challenge with being a person who is excited about finding new things in life and moving in new opportunities and experiencing new blessings is that you sometimes have to erase all the stuff that you know because knowing is an antithesis to curiosity. To, the, by nature, curious people are walking into things they don't understand and they don't know. But if you know everything, then you'll never be curious about anything. But your blessing is in your curiosity, not in your knowing. 
going to preach. I'm going to help y'all in here this morning. Your blessing is in what your eyes haven't seen and what your ear haven't heard. Don't tell me you've seen it and heard it and say that I'm in my blessed next level. Unless this is it for you, what God does is he oftentimes takes the promise and puts it on the other side of something insurmountable and he asks you to walk in your faith and be curious about what I'm doing so that you can see my, what I'm well, you can see something that you have not seen before curiosity curiosity the church could use more curiosity this is a language the reason why I chose the word curiosity is not necessarily because it's a bible word it's a biblical concept but it is actually a corporate word corporate America is using this idea when it comes to hiring people they want people that are curious they want people that don't know it all they want individuals that are willing to say that I ain't never tried it but I'm willing to they want people to say I've never done it this way but I want to but I'm willing to try people to who are not afraid to fail they want people who are going to fall if they're going to fall they're going to fall forward and not fall backwards they're looking for people that are open with whatever might happen and perhaps one of the reasons why we never manifest the blessings of our lives is because we are afraid of what might happen she finds herself in a very unique situation. She is in a very, he is in a very unique situation because God is trying to get her to operate in a curious space of her life. But when the man asked her what it is that she has in her house, instead of seeing what she has in her house as something that could be a multifaceted weapon to help her get to her goal, children, instead she replies to the man and says, all I have is a jar of oil in my house. All I have is a jar of oil in my house. The man said, well, what do you want from me if all you have is a jar of oil in your house? He said, this is what I want you to do with that jar. He said, I want you to go and I want you to go find as many jars as you can. And from that jar of oil, you're going to fill up jars until they can't fill up anymore. Now, this is what is important that you understand. Her response was, was, was that all I have is a jar of oil in my house. And she could not see what it was that she had in her house was the thing that God would use to bless her house because she knew how far a joy of our could really go in her mind a jar a jar of oil can only make a handful of meals and then we were gonna die in her mind a jar of oil might get us through the end of this night and then we're gonna come and take my sons in her mind she never even imagined all of the uses in that day and today that oil is used for oil is used for soaps that happen in their house they used oil to make candles they used oil for cooking they used oil for for of many of their household and domestic issues oil was not just a thing that she had oil was her key to her next level but because she was not curious about what God could do with her gift y'all are not talking back to me in here because she was not curious about what God could do with what she had she was stuck in the limited understanding of what somebody told her oil should be used for and you've got to be careful with people that know because people that know have put a lid
bid on what they can learn because there's nothing more to learn if you already know. So God can't use people that know because when it comes to God, you've got to be a progressive learner. I'm not talking to anybody in this place. You've got to be a progressive learner in order for you to understand God. And the only thing I know about God is that I will get to know God as I walk with God. But as soon as you come to your conclusion that the only way God moves is that after I pray two times and kneel one time and get up and do the sign, then he's going to bless my life. Then he will be stuck in the fixed place of your limited understanding of who God is. The only way God moves is if I wave my hand and scream at the top of my lungs, then the only blessings you'll get are those that are connected to waving your hand and screaming at the top of your lungs. The only time I'll be blessed is when God, you got to dance and shout in order for there to be a miracle to fall. Well, I can't dance and I can't shout, but I've watched God do miracle after miracle because I have not limited him to what somebody knows about him. I've limit, I have taken the limits off and I've gotten curious to operate and to walk in what God told me I could have in my life. I need about 25 curious folk to raise your voice and give God a shout of praise in here. I said raise your voice and give God a shout of praise in here. You, and not only do you have to watch what you know, you have to watch who's telling you about what they know. God help me in this place. You got to watch the people that get in your ear and help frame your limitations. They'll get in your space and help frame what God is going to do. See, I told you that's what they do. And when they do that, then this is what you can expect next. And they'll frame the limitations of what you want out of life and what you want. And what they don't understand is what this woman didn't understand. The prophet came in and asked her about her jar of oil. She said, that's all it is is just a jar of oil because to her it had limited potential but the oil was only limited because she was limited God, I'm a I'm going to help you in this place. See, some of us in this house are only limited because we don't know how to manage what God has placed in our lives. So instead of managing what God put in our lives, we just accumulate more stuff. But if you don't know how to get your man past the level one, having a second man ain't going to help you if you don't know how to... Okay, 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 okay. But, but if perhaps you were curious with the one you got, I'm going to start over here because that side ain't safe. They too sanctified. I'm going to hang out with y'all over here. If you find yourself asking questions about who you got and what you got and what God put in your atmosphere, you can get more out of what's in your house than having to go outside of your house and trying to dig. A See, I, it wasn't until I realized, see, this is what you got to be careful of, Brother Chris, is you got to be careful of people that will celebrate the accumulation and not celebrate the management aspect of life. There are too many people that will applaud you because you know how to get, 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 get. But when you don't have the skill to keep, 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 they're going to go, 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 and then tell all your business about how you could keep, get, but could not keep. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? You've got to be careful letting folks get 
in your ear that know that this is as far as your marriage can go. This is as far as your skill level can go. This is as far as your, your aptitude can go. You've got to be careful with people saying, child, you got your degree. You can go ahead and get you a job now. No, God said I would have two degrees, not just one yet. You've got to be careful with folks saying, child, that's just who your man going to be. No, he's going to be who God told him he's going to be. Child, you already got the job. What else do you want out of life? I'm supposed to own the joint, not work at the, y'all not talking back. I need my dreamers that's got a promise on the inside to raise your voice and give God a praise. That life wasn't about accumulation. Life was actually about cultivation. And as soon as I learned how to cultivate what I have accumulated, then the joy of what God promised me would rise up and elevate you to your next level. And when you stop being curious about what God can do based off of how we have limited him, we move into what we know. And as soon as you start to know, you stop growing. And it's not because you don't have ability why you're not growing. It's because you know that you ain't supposed to be there. It's not because you don't have the capability of growing. It's because you have adopted somebody with limited thinking as your own thinking. And now you know, I'm not supposed to be in that room. Those aren't my people. That's not my type. That ain't my church. Those not my fellows. I ain't supposed to. I'm, I'm cut from a different cloth. And you will pass up on what God's trying to do because you know too much. And then, and then the prophet comes in and the prophet looks at the oil. And instead of saying this is just oil, he said that this is the center of your prophet. He says that I looked at the oil and this is your increase. He looked at the oil and said this is going to be the thing that's going to get you out of debt. This is going to be the thing that God wants to do to elevate and to prosper your life. See, you've got to be careful putting a period where God puts a comma. There are some people that can do more with the oil you want to throw away all right, and now you mad because they didn't figure out a way to do something with the woman you walked away from. I'm gonna, boy, y'all are awfully quiet in here. I wish I was, I thought I was at the city of hope. Have I been going that long? I thought I was at the city of hope in a national church. You've got to be careful because what will happen is people will look and say, that's just old Sally. And then somebody will come take Sally and make the room say, whoa, that's Sally. And you. Somebody can take it. There is always somebody that can do more in the kitchen than you can. Y'all not talking back to me. Every onion doesn't make everybody cry. Some onions make the maestro rise up and whip something together. See, you crying over what you got, and somebody else can't wait to get what you're trying to throw away from because that's the key ingredient for their meal to go to the next level. Touch your neighbor and say, don't play me, don't play me, don't play me. You better know who I am. You better know what I bring. You better value what I have. Don't treat me like you don't know me. You better recognize as soon as you see me coming, get out of my way because I will not stuck at the door of your limitations. I am going to operate in the power and the promise of my God. Somebody raise your voice and help me praise God in this house. Where are my folks ready to go to the next level? I said, where are my people ready to go to the next level? I remember, 
Uh, most of you all know I used to play professional football. I spent eight years in professional ranks of football playing with the San Diego Chargers. And, and, when I, and, and I got up every morning and I trained like I was going to play professional football. I ate every morning like I was going to play professional football. I packed on weight and I packed on muscle. I got my mind in a position where I was going to be a professional football player. I remember when I was in college, I walked around with a swag like I was already in the National Football lead and people would be like here come Terrell he all stuck up I wasn't stuck up I was just in a place that you could not see me in yet I saw myself at the next level you saw me as a collegiate athlete I saw myself as a professional athlete and sometimes people will treat you like an amateur because you don't remind them that you're really a pro okay all right all right okay okay I'm gonna talk to y'all over here wait a minute now so 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 I would walk around like I had something and I walked around like I was somebody and when I got to the NFL I didn't have to act like I was a player because I was already a ball player in my own mind long before I got there I moved into my next level believing that this was where I was always supposed to be now I play eight years and I lay up in my house and I'm watching TV one day and I realize that the announcer starts to talk about the average size of a National Football League player. He said a National Football League player's average size is 6'2", 245 pounds. And I looked at myself in the mirror one day and realized that I wasn't even average to be in the National Football League. Watch this. Because I did not know that I was, uh, I'm gonna help somebody in here. I did not know that I was supposed to be 6'2", 245. You gotta watch letting people make you believe that this is what you gotta have to be blessed and this is what you gotta have to have a business. And if you don't have this, you can't own that. The devil is a liar. Maybe the reason why you don't have it is because you know you're not supposed to have it. Don't bring that stuff to me. I don't wanna know what I can't have. I wanna chase what I believe I should have and if anybody puts a lid on me it's gonna be God not you somebody shout wait take the limits off tell your neighbor take the limits off who said all you have is a charm you got a gift who said it's just oil you got an anointing who said it's just oil you can write books who said it's just oil you can start business who said it's just oil stop letting people depreciate what God put in your life to make your life appreciate that is speaking to God like God you didn't know what you was doing the prophet said God knew exactly what it was doing now pick up your oil and let's go to the next level the prophet tells him the prophet tells him he says listen take the oil the jar that you have and just go and start collecting pots he said collect lots of pots <laughs> he said just go get pots just go get pots just bring pots 
and, they, and, and he said, and just, and just get them and just put them in your house. And there, there are pots on the floor, and there are pots on the counter, and there are pots in the cupboard, and there are empty pots, but there are pots nonetheless. He said, I want you to just get as many pots as you can because, because, because I want you to take that oil, and I want you to just start pouring them in the pots. He said, I want you to say. So the Bible said that she sent her two sons to go get pots. And the, and the, the, the two boys went and got as many pots as they could and as they brought in pots she would fill it up and some kind of way her jar started to fill up more pots than the jar was holding oil she had a jar that could fill up maybe a pot but some kind of way when she walked in obedience she God kept putting oil uh, in the uh, I'm tired uh, God will just keep putting oil if you're obedient but I don't have this strength God will just keep refilling your pot with oil and she just kept pouring oil after oil. And the Bible says that the sun stopped bringing pots. And when they stopped bringing pots, the oil ceased. And my question is not that I'm going to just give God a praise for filling up the pots. But my question is why did the boys stop going to get pots? God, help me in this place. See, you've got to be careful. Some of y'all are so blessed uh, that you're satisfied. Some of y'all, y'all not talking back to me in here. See, you done got your little one-bedroom apartment like you wanted. You done got your rental furniture like you wanted. You feeling good because you got your cable and it's working and you got all the channels. You're going to watch Power tonight. Y'all know you're going to be all of, and you feeling real good about your journey. But God said, why did you stop collecting pots? God, help me in this place. You fixing up a place that I don't even want you to stay in long. This season was transitional, God. Y'all not helping me in this place. I need somebody that knows that God has got something better for you than where you are right now. Don't put too much money in a transitional situation. You don't end until the, y'all not talking. Where am I, son? Am I balcony? Are y'all with me? They not playing. You, you put your energy into where God promised you, not where life has landed you. Because if you keep bringing pots, God's going to keep filling them up with oil. I need somebody to raise your voice in this house because you are going to leave this building and start collecting pots. Where are my pot collectors in this house? I would have told them, don't y'all come back. Keep going, find some more pots. But there are no more. Go to the next city and bring pots. If you got to borrow a pot, God is trying to fill up your house with oil. Where are my saints at that need more oil in your life? They were limited. <laughs> you you got to be careful who's going to get your pots. <laughs> because, see, when you allow the sons to go get pots, they stop at their limitations. God help me in this place they stop when they get tired you cannot put your destiny in somebody else's hands you cannot sign over your destiny and say this counselor is going to make my marriage work she's going to give you tools but you are going to have to make it work you cannot give your destiny over to a doctor you just give me a pill and I'll feel better no you start eating better and you'll feel better you do not get to sit on the sideline and allow God to move your destiny. God will stop your destiny until you get off the sideline and say I'm willing to participate in my next level. I need somebody that's ready to put in the work to raise 
I don't want nobody serving me, me that's got enough. I don't want anybody working with me that's got enough. I don't want anybody on my team that's got enough. You've got to be hungry for more. You've got to want another pot. You've got to want more the next level. You've got to want more than what God has given you because God says eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered to the heart of man. And my limitation is not in my oil. It's in my willingness to collect another pot. Tell your neighbor, start collecting pots. Start collecting pots. Tell your neighbor, start collecting your pot. Start collecting your pot. Open up your mind and get into a place that you've never been to before. Let God move you in the seasons you've never walked into before. Let God take you in the rooms you've never been in before. You've never been this far down forgiveness. Walk down the line and forgive. You've never been this far down of celebration. Walk down this line and celebrate your life. You've never been this deep in your, and y'all not talking back to me in here. God said you don't need another one, but get deep in the thing I gave you. Who am I preaching to in here this morning? Raise your voice and give God a shout of praise. I said raise your voice. There's something else in your wife. There's something else in your children. There's something else in your husband. There's something else in your church. There's something deeper in your life. There's something deeper in your work. You gotta dig in and get curious about your life. What could it be if I brought another pot? What could it look like if we just brought another pot and said, Lord, fill that up too. What could it be if you just walked in and filled out the application and said, God, you're going to have to do it. This is my pot. God said, if I promised it, he said, the oil will keep flowing over your life. The oil. And the thing that you thought was just oil it's just loyalty. It's just kindness. It's just a seed offering. It's just my, my gift to preach. It's just my, it's just my. If it's just that, then you won't grow beyond the box you put yourself in. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I watch the guy a couple of, come on, y'all can stand to your feet. I watched a guy a few weeks ago. Uh, uh, last year, it was last year, not a few weeks ago. But they was retelling his story a few weeks ago. Davis was his last name. Davis went out to a football game in the first quarter. Davis made a great tackle in the first quarter. Davis had an opportunity to get back out on the field in the second quarter. He made a huge tackle in the second quarter. They went into halftime. The team got up to go back out for the third quarter. And Davis took his coat, left his helmet, walked to the car, and went home. Middle of the game. Y'all remember that last year? Middle of the game. Check it out. Middle of the game. He watched everybody. He's crazy. He's lunatic. He must be high. He must be on drugs. He said, nah. He said, I just, after the last time I hit the guy, 
He said, my head was kind of, and I realized, I need to retire from this season. It's time for me to go to my next season. And he stopped mid-stride. Uh, and everybody was mad at him. Trust me, everybody was mad at him. But at the end of the year, they was asking the Bills coach, they said, well, how do you feel about Davis walking away? He said, you know, that was actually the best thing he could have did for this team because he couldn't move forward if it's 100% of what he wanted and we couldn't move forward with him not giving us 100% of what we need. The only thing he did was say, God, here's another pot. Softly comfortable over here, but but I know you promised me something more than that. And I know people love that. They celebrate that. They're gonna be around their TVs, right? In fact, they won't pass it to hurry up so they can get it. <laughs> he said, but he said, but man, I'm willing to leave good. Something that is really good so that I can step into something that is really great because God did not promise me what was good he promised me what was great and I'm nervous and I'm a little afraid and I'm not real certain and it's stretching me it's forcing me to learn something I never but and I know everybody celebrate me over what I know and because I know football and everybody's celebrating me and jumping up and down and telling me how good I am but I'll never walk into what God told me unless I get curious about what God really wants to do in my my life so now faith is the substance of a thing I hope for and it's also the evidence of a season I ain't never been in yet Pastor G how do we get over the hump how do we get to our next level you gotta, you gotta walk into the season God promised you without knowing what is going to make you become when you get there? I don't want to change. Actually, you do want to change. So they, so they have grab a hand. Grab a hand. So there's a little meme that I put up. And it's the conversation of a butterfly and a caterpillar having coffee for lunch. They're having coffee for lunch. And, and the caterpillar looks at the butterfly and says, You've changed. And the, and the butterfly said, aren't we supposed to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can lock yourself in the cocoon if you want to. Or you can find some people that's ready to fly. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I feel the Holy Spirit in this house. I feel them in this place. I'm releasing you now to think differently. I'm releasing you by the power of God to try something you've never tried before. I release you now to not fear failure, but to walk in faith in the name of Jesus Christ. But I'll lose control if I try it, Pastor. Let it go and find the joy of your life. Let it go and watch your gift accelerate. Let it go. Give control back to God and not to your thinking. 
Give control back to God and not into your knowing. Your knowing is limiting you. Your knowing is keeping you down. Your knowing is keeping you in safe places. But God says that it's by faith that we move forward in this place. I take you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. But I failed. Pour oil again and try it again. If you know it's what I called you to, try it again. Give yourself a shot at having the life God promised you. Do it the right way and let God bless it in Jesus' name. He said, take all that is in these pots and now go sell them because you didn't even see yourself as an entrepreneur. He said, now go sell them. And not only did he make, she make enough money to take care of her debt, he said, and live off the rest. He said, not only did you have enough money to get your creditors off your back, take a trip and go relax. But that ain't spiritual enough, Pastor. <laughs> that ain't spiritual enough. This might be the most spiritual thing I told you this year. You're supposed to change. You're supposed to change. You're supposed to evolve. You're supposed to grow. You're supposed to step out of what you've been doing for years and move into the newness of what God is trying to do for you. So God, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you for what you can do with a jar of oil. And I bless you now in the name of Jesus, who is our Christ. Lift those hands all over this building. Loose those hands and lift them. Would you worship with us for a few minutes? Would you worship with us for a few minutes? We're transformed in worship. We're informed by preaching, but we are transformed by worship. Lift those hands and help us worship. God is shifting. There are too many open doors in front of you to be afraid and not curious enough to walk in them. I prophesy opportunity now in Jesus' name. Fresh opportunities, new open doors that can change the trajectory of your life. Stop concerning yourself about the details of how it's going to happen and how it's going to work out and who's going to be affected by it. You move as God said you should move. You operate the way God said you should operate. You walk in what God said you should walk in. God will never bless you without taking care of everything. He is their God too. So Father, in Jesus' name, we worship you now. We thank you for the newness of the call for the freshness of where this house is going to, for the new place that you're taking us to, for the fresh things you're trying to perform in the life of people in this building and beyond. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what your curiosity is going to walk you into, sir, ma'am, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. Help me worship God. Help me worship God. I need some people that trust him to lift those hands. If I was preaching to you, I want you to lift those hands and honor God. I trust you. I don't know it all, but I trust you, God. I'm uncertain, but I know you got my back, God. So I walk in faith in this season, and I move in faith in this season, not because I see it, but because I sense it by the Holy Ghost of God. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, 